The Moten Mailbag is brought to you by the Robert Russo Moten Museum, located in Farmville, Virginia. The Moten Museum is a civil rights museum focusing on the history of Prince Edward County between 1951 and 1964. Hey there, this is Leah Brown, this is the Director for Education here at Moten. And this is the Moten Mailbag Season 2, Episode 2. The Moten Mailbag is sponsored by the Robert Rissa Moten Museum located in Farmville, Virginia. The Moten Museum is a civil rights museum focusing on the history of Prince Edward County between 1951 and 1964. Moten Mailbag is a weekly listener question show. Each week we'll answer questions about U.S. history, African American culture, civil rights, and more that are submitted by our listeners. Feel free to submit via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email us at info at modemuseum.org. And for this episode, we have a guest host, Miss Irene Thornton. Welcome, Irene. Hey there, everyone. Yeah, so my name is Irene Thornton. I am currently the education and outreach intern here at the Moten Museum. I am originally from Farmville, but I'm a student at Christopher Newport University. I am taking some time off this year to intern here at Moton. And one of the main reasons that I chose Moton is growing up here in this area, I had always sort of learned about the history, but it really seemed like now is a great time to delve deeper into the local history and use it as an opportunity to learn more about how I can use my own experiences and my own privileges in this world to help amplify and support the Black community. So, Irene, how has your experience been here? Honestly, it's been even better than I imagined it would be. One of the first projects that I was able to work on was taking the museum brochure and translating it into Spanish, which was a lot of fun for me because I am a Spanish minor at Christopher Newport. So that was really exciting. And more recently, I've been working on a civic engagement project for middle school, high school, and young adults, which has also been really exciting because I am a political science major. So I've been really fortunate to take some of what I do at school and then bring it into the work I'm doing here, which has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. That's awesome. Especially when you think about teaching civics because it's such a big topic Mm -hmm. but then it's like what is civics what isn't civics yeah it's all civics yeah trying to break it down in a way that's understandable because our government (laughs) it is it is a big thing to tackle for sure for sure yeah leah tell us a little bit more about some of the things you've been working on so this was really cool yesterday i did a webinar with education week and we covered basically the lockout story. Mm-hmm. We like our galleries covered 13 years of history, but I feel like we don't get to talk about the lockout enough because of just the number of people who were impacted. So that was a really great experience. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Are you ready for the question? Yes, hit me with it. Okay. What do you wish you could go back in time and ask an elderly relative? This is a good one. So my family emigrated to the United States in the late 1800s, early 1900s, 
from Eastern Europe when tensions against the Jewish population really first started to rise. So my question for an elderly relative would be, if there was one thing that you were not able to bring over because space was quite limited, you know, what was the one thing that you left behind that you really wish you could have brought to sort of keep the family engaged in our cultural and ancestral history that unfortunately was just sort of lost due to the circumstances? Oh, yeah, that's I couldn't fathom what how to choose what to bring like. How do you pack up your whole life and your whole family mm-hmm. and just just go, knowing you're probably not gonna come back? Yeah, and you know, sort of thinking about in Jewish culture, you know, there are things that the family Shabbos candles and the family menorah, you know, and various pictures and all these other things that are just so important to what we do day to day. That and even you know, recipes, you know the. The challah recipe that you know that your granny has that maybe maybe it wasn't brought something happened and it escaped and I I always think that would be something to bring into these modern times if I could go back that one historical piece that would have shaped family history I think that's really interesting yeah absolutely absolutely because then it's like a mix of legacy and just this is what we do this is how you're in air family yeah this is what air family does yeah oh. Yeah, and then trying to find my place within the family, oh, you know, and for sure. relating yes. to my relatives. You know, I was named after my great-grandmother, so I, I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, going off being mm-hmm. named after someone, I'm named after my mom's mom, but I look like a carbon copy of my dad's mom. Oh, okay, interesting. So, and she passed away when I was in high school, so Margaret Brown, mm-hmm. she... You know, that's who I want. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to give two people because I'm that person. Yeah. She was someone that I miss. And it's like really like a strong, random grief with it. But I want to know everything. Like, what did you do? What's your favorite like fingernail color? Yeah. When you went out, did you go out? Could you go out? Yes. You know, just like yeah. The, 100%. The woman that was... The grandmother and the mother, but also just like the woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the person. Yeah. Yeah. Holistic grandma. Yeah, um, I definitely relate to that. Yeah, my great grandmother was a dancer, and I was a dancer growing up, but my grandmother and my mom both were not. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of something that I have in common with my great grandmother that I would just love to be able to talk to her about. And, you know, people say, you know, she had this fierce red hair that I, I don't have, but, you know, with her fierce red hair, she also had this fierce personality, and, mm-hmm. you know, people, there are letters, you know, that people have written saying, like, oh, you know, your grandma, or your great-grandmother was this and that, and, you know, we hope you to be all these things, and then, you know, my grandmother will tell me about these things, I'm just like, wow, that's, that's a legacy that I just want to give so much honor to. Oh, absolutely. Oh. You know, it's just like, when you think back on the people that are in your family now, I have this sense of urgency to collect the stories, the histories, mm-hmm. yes. the, the stuff. So it's like, I always prioritize spending time with my grandparents. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, you're not going to be here all the time. So let's make sure we get some, yeah. some stories, we have memories, mm-hmm. and just like the stuff of it my yeah. granddad fought in korea mm-hmm. so we talk about his war experience and you guys in the pod you know all about military history 
So it's like having that lived experience, that access to yeah something I'm never gonna yeah for sure. So it's a lot. It it is yeah it's definitely <laughs> a lot to unpack for sure. And you know the second person I would wanna just be able to engage with is my mom's grandma. So we call her Big Mama. Oh, you know, yeah, it's like, that's cute. But then just the mom said she was, she was a library, and I was like, oh, you know, I like a library. Mm-hmm. So just the information she just had that was just normalized information versus this is how you do this particular thing. Yeah. Versus this is how you cook this. Like, okay, I need to tell me all your secrets. The recipes. All the secrets. Yes. You know, and her iconic things and mm-hmm. what sayings she had. Like, I have this vivid memory of her house. And you walk in to the left, to the right, there's a bedroom. And it's just a gorgeous wrought iron bed or an mm-hmm. iron bed or whatever in my memory. Mm-hmm. But it's covering stuffed animals. And I was like, what kind of critters do you have in here? <laughs> like, yeah. What? You know, it's just. And just like mentally walking through her home because she mm-hmm. passed away when I was young. Yeah. And it's just weird the memories that it are still there mm-hmm. from her, her home. But it's like, I want to know more about her. Like, yeah. what was her childhood like? Mm-hmm. Who did she spend her time with? Who did she, you know, just everything. Yeah. It's like the loss of, it's the loss of everything. I think yeah. that's the personal history. Yeah. It's a lot. Mm hmm. Before we get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I have a question for you, Leah. So the NAACP seems to have been ahead of their time about desegregation. Why do you think that is? Okay. So when I was trying to figure out my answer for this, it ended up being a couple answers. Mm-hmm. Like really basic, simple. The NAACP had chapters throughout the nation. So local chapters would talk about local issues, then that would go to regional issues, which would then go to state issues, to the national scale. So the just the organization's like breadth, like where it was, changed the work it did. And then if you join the organization, you get training. And then it kind of like mm-hmm. that mentality. Yeah. And then the second response, you know, I love you some Charles Hamilton Houston. He served during World War One. Um, he one of the things he did was he was a judge advocate, so he represented African American troops. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But he saw the disparities and distreatment persistently, and he in one example he in one example he actually got in trouble because he lost the case, but it wasn't like the judge was actually listening. He had already decided. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you had that dynamic. Mm-hmm. So he got a little fed up and quote from him. I made, my, made up my mind that I would never get caught again without knowing my rights. That if luck was with me and I got through the war, I would study law and use my time fighting for men who could not strike back. That's like, okay. Okay, yeah. Hamilton Houston. Okay. Yeah. So then he did that. He came mm-hmm. back stateside, Harvard, taught at Howard. Oliver Hill, Spotswood Robinson, Thurgood Marshall, mm-hmm. building the team that were vital to dismantling yeah. desegregation. Yeah, some of the you, greats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, students, 
welcome, glad you're here. Here's the, your job for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. We're going to fix this problem within the country. You know, by addressing Jim Crow and the disparities and how it changed everything and limited everything. And because his dedication to addressing Jim Crow, he's been deemed the man who killed Jim Crow, which is like, well, that's kind of cool. But his work with the NAACP tied all back in, mo- super motivated, kept it going. So, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, especially sort of thinking about how within the military, you know, we've had African-Americans and black people serving in the military since before this country was even a country. Absolutely. You know? And that's really like where it first started and how, you know, before separate but equal was even a thing. You know, there was this idea that the two races are working together. You know, they weren't integrated, of course. But, you know, the blacks and the African-Americans had been serving this country from the very beginning. And and it it took this long. And, like, going off of that, I always think about the American Revolution, where everybody showed up. Mm -hmm. And depending on which side a person aligned with, if they were enslaved, the goal was always freedom. Yeah, of course. So being willing to serve with the British to maybe get out. Mm-hmm. I always think with the guys who did that at Yorktown, they got left. Or when they were in Hampton and they all got sick yeah. and left. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you, you risk everything for the hope of freedom. Yeah. And then fast forward to, you know, Jim, civil rights movement in the 50s and 60s, mm-hmm. still risking everything for yeah. freedom. It's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, okay. My next question. Okay. What is the most interesting thing about the exhibit here? The most interesting fact? Okay. Okay. So our galleries, we're in the Moton High School. Mm-hmm. So now the Moton Museum. To build the gal- galleries as we have them now, they kind of cut up classrooms and gallery three in front of the supreme court justices there's a spot where one of our docents mr hamlin mm-hmm. says it's his favorite part in the school okay i'm like okay mr hamlin okay so yeah, now sure. i've noticed that i stopped by that spot when uh-huh. i'm giving tours mm-hmm. so you know just a little quirk but i like it yeah 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 and i definitely think because it is the original building and that so much in the galleries was here. It's from the original school. I was talking to a gentleman earlier today who was a student here at Moton and listening to him talk about, you know, like, oh, I, I stood in this classroom and I wrote on that chalkboard for my ninth grade English class, you know, how over all this time so much has changed, you know, and there's so many differences, but when you really come down to it, this museum, it's the school, you know, it is the original school and how so much of that history has just been retained mm-hmm. because it's in the original building. And, um, yeah. and now that it's a national historic landmark, I think that's just so amazing. Absolutely. You know, the power of place in Moton is a mix of the space mm-hmm. to be where, where it happened. Yeah. To also see the community that was part of the history. Mm-hmm. Wrote, it's their story. Yeah. yeah it's, it's an awesome place yeah. to be. You're really standing in history. It just, the the way it takes you back in time oh, is absolutely. so fascinating. 
All right, Irene, that's about it for now. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Nothing I can think of, but thank you so much for having me on today. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, guys, make sure you follow us at Moot Museum on all social media to stay up to date on what's happening at Moot. Join us next week, same time, same place, for episode three. We'll be sure to send you, be sure to send in your questions. Thanks for tuning in. Bye.